Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney, I don't know about you, but I've seen a number of dispiriting statistics recently about groups of people being offered the uh, vaccine to COVID-19, but a large percentage of them not just not doing it, not getting it. Yes. I've uh, seen it in teachers in West Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, healthcare professionals yep. I've heard. Yes. Uh, in the rumor mill. I have two, uh, unfortunately. There are a lot of people who are concerned about the vaccine and are refusing it. I think the the thing that is most worrisome about that at this point is that mo- a lot of the people who have been offered the vaccine have some level of medical knowledge, Mm -hmm. um, varying degrees, but not everyone, but a lot of that first group of those offered the vaccine are healthcare workers. And so if there are large percentages of healthcare workers, and I shouldn't say, let me clarify something before we move forward. The majority of healthcare workers are taking the vaccine. Yeah. The majority of doctors, nurses, scientists, everybody who is in the, in the medical field and has some knowledge on this, the vast majority do take it. It's also worth... I, I think, well, I think that's important to, like, set the stage. Right. Most experts, the vast majority of experts agree this vaccine is safe and effective. The people who are nervous and not taking it are in the minority of of those in the medical field. There's also something of a... um. Uh, a confounding factor with the healthcare thing that that you have mentioned to me where a lot of the people who, not a lot, but a, a good number actually uh, of the, the first line responders and our front line against COVID have been f- infected with COVID. So on some level may not be, yes. may, may think that they're doing a good thing by not getting it right now or, you know, think it's less essential than other people getting the vaccine. That is absolutely true. And not only might they be making that personal decision, there are areas where the health departments, the local health departments might be recommending that if you have had COVID in the last 90 days, don't get the vaccine yet. Not because it would be dangerous or ineffective or anything, but because to the best of our current knowledge, Within 90 days of having COVID, you should still be immune to getting it again and and quite possibly longer. But those 90 days we feel very good about. And so if we're dealing with a vaccine that's in limited supply, 
if you've just had it and gotten over it, maybe you're not top of the list to get the vaccine when someone else who hasn't had it is more vulnerable. Does that make sense? So part of it is just rationing the resources we have to the most vulnerable population. The reason, though, that we're talking about this is that if there is hesitancy among those who have been offered it so far, the concern is, will there be more hesitancy as we move forward? And is there so much hesitancy with this vaccine that we won't be able to achieve that that mythical herd immunity that has been much discussed? I shouldn't say mythical. It is actually a real thing, but... It feels mythical sometimes. It, it, it does. Well, in the way that it's been used during this pandemic with some people claiming that we could achieve it without the use of a vaccine, right. that is mythical. That right. is a mythical form of herd immunity. That's not um, happening. No. You have to have a vaccine for herd immunity. But I recently did a talk for some medical students about how to advocate better for vaccines, how to use the knowledge you have to help ease the fears of those around you and increase uptake of not just this vaccine, but all vaccines. But right now, more than ever, it's critical. And a lot of the tools that are used, anybody can use to help quell those fears. You don't I thought you have were going to talk have... about the vaccines. Like anybody can pick up a syringe and just jam it in somewhere. It's fine. No, I wouldn't say that at all. I will say that giving a vaccine is not incredibly difficult, but you sh- you have to be trained. You have to know what you're doing. Um, and then, of course, you also have to know like what's in it and what could happen <laughs> and all those other things they, I guess, taught me in school, mm-hmm. you know. But – I thought that talking a little bit about how you might be able to have these conversations with your own friends and family uh, or colleagues or whoever, and then always knowing that that you should direct people to go speak with their own, you know, doctor about it as well. I'm not saying, hey, listen, don't talk to your doctor. Talk to me, your buddy. (laughs) Right. I mean. We know we're sort of contradicting my dad, which I – have made a career of, but in this specific instance, we are doing it intentionally. This is advice, but the be all end all of this still reverts back to like, talk to your doctor about yeah. it. Right. Well, the, I mean, but there's good science behind that too, because at the end of the day, uh, you like having coffee with your friend at Starbucks are not, are probably not going to be able to talk them into getting a vaccine if they're nervous, but you might be able to talk them into going back to their doctor and discussing it and saying, like, I had questions and fears and my friend got me to a point where I want to come talk to you more about it. And that conversation, we know, evidence tells us, could lead to that person getting the vaccine. Or maybe you're on Facebook. You see someone dropping some nonsense and you want to quell their fears uh, a little bit. You know, one thing to keep in mind is that, there, and there's a lot of talk about how you can't logic people into getting vaccines if they're against them. I've seen that written before. I think it's important to know who we're talking about. When we're talking about people who are vaccine hesitant, I'm not talking about the about 3% of people who are absolutely anti-vaccine. And that's what, uh, when you look at like the American Academy of Pediatrics, they do a lot of studies to see like how many parents are in the various like sort of uh, attitude toward vaccine categories. Like people like, I would say us, who are the very strong advocates for vaccines, you know, very pro-vocal vaccine and do not need any talking to. Like, we're there, we're for it, you don't have to, we're fine. 
all the way to the other end of the scale, which are the parents who are absolutely not getting those vaccines and there's nothing you can do about it. That number is really low. Like I said, it's estimated to be about 3%. And I would say that when you come across those people, you're probably not going to get anywhere. I'm not saying so give up. Right. But this is not where you can expend a ton of energy if you only have so much <laughs> time and energy and make a real difference. There is a huge percentage of people who are in the middle. They're like 59% who are pretty much all on board with vaccines, either very, very strong advocates or, yeah, they're going to get them. Maybe they don't, you know, they don't go around preaching about them, but they're going to get them. Uh, there's like 25% who just need a little reassurance and they're going to get them. And like I said, there's like that 3% who just have made up their minds. It's part of who they are. They don't get vaccines. Their kids don't get vaccines. It is their personality. It is their identity. That's that. Uh, You're not going to convince a Dracula that blood sucking is bad, but you may be able to convince the local townspeople that blood sucking is bad. Yes, exactly. Don't waste your time with Dracula. But there is a chunk in the middle here that like just a few words from you or maybe a little bit of a conversation, that's really how close these people are to getting vaccines. They just have some questions and there's some stuff that nobody's ever explained to them. And it's that simple. Yeah. And that is where you can really make a difference. Um, It's interesting because if you want to think about like the politics of anti-vaxxers or people who are vaccine hesitant even, there is no one like political realm. You and I have talked about how it's like this weird Mm – there's there's a weird place where people – like if if it's a a curving – curving line of political affiliation there's this weird place where they overlap yes i I would say they like bend back to meet in the middle um on the very 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 far end of sort of like I, i always say it's the left but what i'm talking about are people who kind of have really bought into the natural fallacy the idea that that if anything is like made in a lab or that it is intrinsically bad for you and you shouldn't put it in your body so i i think that it's a far cry from someone like myself who would say, eat plenty of vegetables <laughs> to I don't put anything in my body that is made by science. And then on the far right, you get kind of the I don't want anybody telling me what to do with my body, libertarian kind of freedom of choice to not get vaccines or give my kids vaccines kind of place. And that's where it, and you know, it's funny, we did a whole episode about the history of vaccines and we talked about this a little bit, but the history of the anti-vaccine movement is as old as the history of vaccines. Almost as soon as Jenner started inoculating people with cowpox in order to prevent them from getting smallpox, which was our first, you know, real widespread effort at vaccines. Obviously, the smallpox vaccine that would be used to eliminate smallpox was not that. It was not cowpox. That's where it started. As soon as that began, there were anti-vax leagues formed. Sure, yeah. Within just a couple decades of that. And their concerns with their groups and their protests and their parades and the court cases that followed, it's funny, if you look at why they were hesitant or anti-vax, It's the same reasons that people bring up today. Hmm. There is nothing new under the sun. Everybody says the same thing then uh, that they say now, which is, well, you can't trust the doctors for whatever reasons you can't trust us now. It's usually money now. 
right? We're all in the pocket of big pharma. That's yeah. the reason you can't trust us. Back then, to be fair, you can't trust the doctors because they just bleed everybody and that was bad. <laughs> hey, listen, I get it back then, old old timey people. Either way, you can't trust the doctors. You good, don't- good instincts, just not in this particular <laughs> case. You don't know what's in the shot. Who knows? It could be poison. It could be chemicals. It could do something to us. It could be a microchip. It could track us. Again, same stuff. Back then, it could be ghosts. (laughs) We have no idea. Um, We don't – back then, it was we don't think that smallpox is something you can catch anyway. Um, And also, if you do, it's not that big a deal. That was a lot of the early uh, hesitancy with vaccines was, are they really that big a deal? I mean, these illnesses, like – I had it, and I'm fine. Yes. Right? Uh, Which, you know, it's funny because that problem – I would say is even worse now because one of the things that happens with vaccines is that once everybody's vaccinated against measles, nobody gets measles. And then everybody forgets what it was like to get measles. And now you have all these people who go, well, what's the big deal? So you get some spots and you stay home from school for a few days and you feel whatever. Yeah. Who cares? And that's not what measles is. But nobody knows that because vaccines. Those were some of the reasons, uh, of course, personal freedom. Oh, yeah. I just don't want to get them because I shouldn't have to. Hey, I love vaccines. I think they're great, but I shouldn't have to, so I don't want them. (laughs) Um, Religious objections have always been part of it, uh, and that varies. Different members of different faiths. It's not any one faith. It's specific sort of sects of different faiths. People who don't believe at work, like they just don't work. That's probably the most common I hear with the flu shot, and then they they hear it can hurt you. And I would say that that has morphed over time into very specific considerations like the lie that vaccines cause autism, which is a, of course, a complete lie, complete fabrication that is still. Has been proven time and time again mm-hmm. that but, it is a lie. But but it's still uh, something that, that is hard to fight, especially for that, that like hardcore 3%. You're not really going to be able to, like, logic them. The Draculas. <laughs> because it's not – it has moved beyond a rational thing at that point. You know, it is not like I've looked at all the evidence, carefully considered, and made a decision. No, it's not. It's one of the most dangerous things in the world is someone who has defined their identity by something harmful. Like, you can't – that mm-hmm. that it gets down to, like, base levels of our, like – Psyche, like it's not, it's not something you can talk someone out of. I think usually, but the vast majority of people who are somewhere in the middle, and I would say that this percentage of people who are in the middle is probably bigger for the COVID vaccines than it is for just vaccines in general. There are going to be a lot of people who have easily gone and gotten all their vaccinations who are still going to be a little nervous about this one, and those people. They do want to hear the facts. They do want to hear the science. They do want to hear what the logical answers are to their concerns. But if you only approach it that way, you're not going to move the needle as much as you are with empathy. Um, And that's one approach that I think is almost easier if you're talking to a friend or family member than it might be in a doctor's office where this could just be one order of business among a whole list of things that you're trying to get through in that day where you can really take the time to say, tell me really what you're worried, like, what are you really afraid of? What, what is your fear? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, I understand that. Oh, I can, I can understand why that would be scary. Yeah, I get that. Those kind of conversations take time 
And if you're really in it to help somebody see that this vaccine is okay, like being vulnerable and being open and having an emotional exchange can be very impactful. And I think that's something we can all do because you don't have to have medical knowledge to say to someone, I care about you. I care about your fears. I have shared these fears. I want to help you because I care about you and I want you to see how I see things. And it's also worth noting that not every doctor is, like my wife, one of the greatest uh, science communicators in the nation, if not the world. <laughs> Some uh, There's a good number of medical doctors out there who maybe with the best of intentions who just aren't great at this exact aspect that you're talking about. So there's no guarantee that they're going to get that level of empathy or uh, clear focused communication from their uh, primary care physician. Well, I appreciate you saying that. But I, I do think it is, whether all that other stuff you said was true or not. It is. It is, it is very true that, especially I think right now you're dealing with a lot of, um, oh gosh, the term that is used sometimes is compassion fatigue. <laughs> I like Sometimes I like the terms that we come up with in medicine to say like, people are just kind of worn out. But I, you're experiencing a lot of compassion fatigue among especially a lot of frontline medical workers who have been terrified right. for a lot of this past year of getting it, of having to pronounce one more patient, of having to say goodbye to one more person, of bringing it home to their loved ones. And so you have this kind of subset of people who have been traumatized by the past year in this one way. And I know a lot of people have in many ways, but in this one specific way, who have been just desperate for this vaccine and maybe aren't going to be their best selves in explaining to someone who's like, well, but I heard about this microchip thing, are not going to have the patience and compassion that you need to have to say, yes, I, I have seen that too. Let's talk about why that is not true at all. And instead, I mean, I've heard this among some of my colleagues, like, this is just ridiculous. What is wrong with people? And as soon as you have that attitude, you've lost someone. Like right. you've lost them. So you, right. you really have to squash that. So there's some specific techniques, and I'm going to name all the places where you can go and find. This is all free information to find. Um, but before we do that. What? What? Where are we going? To the, we got to go to the billing department. Oh, okay. See, I was already. I have people lined out the door for me to talk to, so I feel ill-equipped. Oh. But I'm going to try to do it during the break anyway. No, wait. We're the break. That's right. We'll still be talking. But after that, this has gotten complex. Let's go to the building department. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that. no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support 
and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Cation. Man, she's always this bossy. Uh, <laughs> I'm Lori Kilbarton. Uh, we're a bunch of stand-up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total, <laughs> both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful. So together, we make one complete woman. Is that just what that one's going to end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh, my God, every episode. It's a good job. Jackie and Lori Show, Mondays, only on Maximum Fun. Okay, Sid, I've got my nanny on hold. I'm getting ready to talk to her. I'm just kidding. My nanny already got it. She told us that the vaccine can give you the flu. But, and then she said the vaccine gave her the flu. But I think the doctor told her it could give you flu-like symptoms. Yes. But not the flu. Because that would be a wild doctor. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I doubt that. Yes. The vaccine cannot give you the flu. There is not a vaccine that can give you the flu. Because the flu vaccine also cannot give you the flu. <laughs> We we haven't talked as much about the flu vaccine this year as we normally do. 
Let's just still good. Yeah. Yum. Still Does love sound that. smooth. Folks. Still love that. Hey, listen, vaccine. if you can't get your COVID vaccine, the next best thing, just go get a flu vaccine. You know, you can tell you. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you haven't gotten one, you should get it yeah. while you're waiting to get the COVID vaccine. Yeah, go get that vaccine. Um, It'll be a little safer. The, and then when uh, you go to get your COVID vaccine, you won't get the flu. They do recommend two weeks in between them. Actually, though, is oh, a good wow, okay. in, in between the COVID vaccine and any vaccine. So if you think you're going to get the call up, maybe hold yeah. off for a second. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Speaking of the flu vaccine, as I was looking into some specific techniques that you can use to help encourage people to get vaccines, and some of these are a little more specific to healthcare professionals, but in general, this is a good way to think about it. The flu vaccine, it occurred to me, one of the things that you're supposed to do, I feel like maybe even now I'm still not perfect at doing. It's something I can still work at, which is to use presumptive language. If you'll notice especially if like you are a caregiver and you have children who need vaccines, the doctor probably doesn't say, so what do you think? Do you want to get them vaccinated? (laughs) They say, you're going to get these vaccines today. Today, your child is going to receive whatever, the MMR and whatever else. Uh, And that is the way it's phrased because it's been shown that a lot of times just presumptive language, especially coming from somebody with some degree of expertise, it shows the assumption like, well, this is the rational decision that we would all be making. Yeah. You're lending less credence to doubt. Yes. And I think that that's a good way, too, to talk about the COVID vaccine, which is when are you getting it? What phase do you think you'll be getting it in? When? How long until you be able, or you are able to get yours? Or when your phase has been called up, hey, did have you gone? Have you signed up yet? When are you going? As opposed to, do you think you're going to get the COVID vaccine? I'm not saying that everybody's going to go, well, I don't know. They assumed I should get it, so I will. <laughs> But it is a good way to talk Every about Every one vaccines. of these, right, is not – there's no silver bullet. No, It's no. just things you can build off of. No, and this is something that they teach us in, in medical school and, and residency is every conversation you have with a patient about something in preventive medicine, but like vaccines in this example, you're laying more groundwork. You're calming more fears. So even if you don't like achieve success by the end of that visit with getting the patient vaccinated, you have – built more on where you're going. Um, It's the same with actually smoking cessation. Every patient that I have that smokes, I tell to quit smoking every time I see them. (laughs) And they know and they laugh at me because it's not like they haven't heard that before. This is the same program that your mom used to get us to watch Schitt's Creek. Yes. (laughs) This is exactly how it works. I said that as a joke, but it is 100% true. Uh So did you guys, how far are you guys into Schitt's Creek? Presumptive language. Uh We actually still have not watched Schitt's Creek. I think you guys will really, really like it. You've got to. Next Sunday. So how's how's Schitt's Creek? How are you liking it? We haven't started it yet. Wow. Hmm. You've got, for no other reason, for Dan Levy, for no other reason. Uh so that's one thing you can do. And that's something I could always do better with the flu shot. And I, I think I do this because I it is one of the ones that I see a lot of hesitancy with. And I don't know why. I don't know why we other the flu shot. It's just another great vaccine. You just have to get it Because it feels often. like it's coming in hot every year. It doesn't feel like something your grandpa came up with. <laughs> it feels like something somebody just like, and it's done. Quick, everybody. I just finished it. And it, this year, ooh, this is a good one. Wait till you it get g- this one. And it gets a lot of bad press if it's not as protective one year as it was the previous year or whatever. I think what it should, what they should always be saying is, do you know, even if, you know, it wasn't 100% effective, which, I mean, no vaccine ever is, 
Do you know how many people didn't die of the flu because of this? Do you know, you know how many people only got a mild case of the flu because of the flu shot this year? That's the way we should be talking about it. Um, and endorsement is always a big thing. So if you say like, hey, did you get your COVID vaccine yet? No, I'm getting mine. I got mine. You know I signed up for that COVID vaccine. Because the truth is the majority of people do want to get this. And with other vaccines, the vast majority of people want to get them. Depending on where you live and who you talk to, you can feel like you're in the minority, but you're not. Most mm -hmm. people know that vaccines are safe and effective. And then we move on to like addressing specific concerns and, and giving info, which I would say if, if you are not in the medical field, you're going to get to a point where you say you should really go talk to your doctor about it. I really... I know that this vaccine is safe and effective. I've talked to experts. I've listened to these things. I've read these things. But you should go talk to somebody, you know, because it's hard to put yourself in the position of being an expert. It's hard when you are the expert because, like I think I said when we were doing COVID vaccine uh, question and answer, the infertility question, that myth that is out there that is a complete lie, there is zero evidence that these vaccines cause infertility. There is no evidence of that. Um, it has been completely debunked. When that question came up, I thought, what? I don't even know how to rebut this because this, I, I didn't. Can't prove a negative. Yes. Right? You can't prove that it doesn't. <laughs> and it's hard because there are people who are just going to say whatever. Well, the vaccine can do. I mean, really, when you when you look at like that terrible lie about autism and vaccines, we still associate that. We still have to disprove that. Those two things are not linked. We shouldn't have to say that. We shouldn't have those two. We shouldn't have conversations about autism and conversations about vaccines at the same time. But we do because one guy lied about it. And that's so frustrating. It's it Actually, you know what? It really reminds me of the, the episode we did about hiccups where this idea that you, when your hiccups stop, whatever you did, they're going to stop no matter what. And whatever you did right before that you assume is a hiccup cure. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people do that with, with vaccines where it's like, I got the vaccine and then I won the lottery. So the, the vaccine gives you lottery powers. Like it, that, that idea of connecting the two just because they, you know, happen to happen near each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very frustrating when I, cause I've sat and thought about if that paper had never been published, nobody would ever ask you about vaccines and autism because they have nothing to do with each other and we wouldn't have those conversations. But for, I mean, how long are we going to be fighting this lie? I don't know. Um, it's so frustrating. Uh, and then some things that, again, that this is a, an, an acronym that we're taught like a way to talk to people about. If, if somebody says to you, I don't know, I heard that the COVID vaccine was rushed and maybe it's not safe. The first thing you, that's easy to do is to corroborate that. Yeah, you probably heard that too. I've heard that. I heard that it was rushed and that it wasn't safe. I can understand why that would cause concern. I mean, that's a very rational thing to think. What? The vaccine was rushed? They didn't do all the things they normally do? That seems unsafe to me. These are rational thoughts. When someone says that, I wouldn't dismiss that. I would say, yeah, I heard that too. And I can understand why that would give you pause. For me, at that point, what I can say is about me. That's the the acronym here is CASE. And so the A is about me. And what I would say is I'm actually a physician and uh, I've looked into what exactly allowed us to move faster with this vaccine. Um, I've read some articles and you can reference, there's all kinds of, you know, like lay media articles about this. You don't have to speak science to read 
a Washington Post article or a New York Times article that tells you this is what they did to make the vaccine happen faster. Maybe if you're a layman, you could say, I heard this really smart layman on a medical podcast say to think about it like rush delivery Mm -hmm. where you don't Mm -hmm. expect it to be bad. It's just prioritized. Yes. I said that. I know. Justin Mack. Did you did you use that when you talked to your doctors? I did. Did you? Yeah, I did. Did you credit me? Yeah, I did. Did you? Yeah. Did you give them a link to my Twitter in case they wanted more? Or? No, Justin, I didn't. It's I important didn't, to give a call to action about your Twitter. No, the next thing is the science, and if you know the science, describe the science. That's a good opportunity to show off and tell people the science. Um, in this case, the science is we didn't rush the science. <laughs> no, we just gave. We gave the the effort, all the money, and will it needed. Science has been right about the other parts of this. Yeah. Science said don't go to family gatherings around the holidays, and people did, and then COVID went way up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, you believe in science that part. Yeah. Like, what other parts of your life do you not trust science in? You trust it when you get on an airplane. You trust it when you eat, like, a Twinkie. You trust it when you get in your car. Like, yeah, almost every other aspect of your life, you trust the science. Well, and you can and you can think about like if you really want to get in the weeds with different vaccines, some of the things and that I people do. will will bring up are things like, uh, well, I heard that they have aluminum in them, or I heard that they have formaldehyde in them, or mercury, or those kinds of things. And then you can get into like the the science science where you say things like, well, yes, some now not the COVID vaccine, but some vaccines do have aluminum in them. It's actually uh, less aluminum than you than a baby would get in breast milk. Mm. So I mean, if if it's a natural kind of, and I mean, I guess I'm I mean I breastfed, so I, I don't know my natural whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you know, you're real crunchy, Sid. That's what I always <laughs> said about you. <laughs> I not exactly, but if they, but I mean that 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 might speak to them. Um, uh, if it's about the um, formaldehyde, there's more formaldehyde. I think in a pear. I don't eat pears. Well, a lot of people eat pears. Fruit. Okay, you got any yeah. other fruits or? Well, I mean, it's just a good example. I don't it's know. You just get a good example of, and the, and the mercury is. I think we've been over this repeatedly. It was in thimerosal. It was in some flu vaccines, like that had multi-dose files. It's not in any of the childhood vaccines now, and it's not in the COVID vaccine, and it doesn't matter. And it was not enough to ever affect you biologically anyway. But I don't know. You can get into the science on all these things if you want to, or you can just tell them at that point. Go ask your doctor about it. Before you just say no to a vaccine that could save your life, why don't you go talk to somebody who knows the science? That's a rational thing to do. And, you know, explain and and advise based on that. When you're advocating for vaccines on a large scale, positive language is always important. One-on-one, I know on the show we address a lot of these things because we get the questions about it specifically. One-on-one, I'm not going to bring up every concern people have ever thrown at me about vaccines unless you ask me, right? Mm -hmm. Because how how easy is it to sell a vaccine to say, like, now, I know you may have heard and then list, like, 50 myths about vaccines right. that are scary. <laughs> no, let's wait and see what you've actually heard. You've heard the tail thing. Let's talk about <laughs> that, okay? I don't know where the tail thing got started. I, I you know, it's good to, to show that you've done your homework. A lot of the stuff you can find really, like, again, a lot of this, all these things I'm telling you are free on the internet to read about from the CDC, from the World Health Organization, the Immunization Action Coalition. That is a ton of the information that I use comes from them. And they have, I would highly recommend going to the Immunization Action Coalition website because they have stuff for healthcare professionals. Yes, a lot of resources that really get into the nitty gritty details of 
the science and all that stuff, which is great for me, but they also have information for lay people. Like, read this if you're concerned. Read what other parents are worried about with vaccines. Read what people are asking about the COVID vaccine. And you can read this. You can share this. Have you pulled up that website? Yeah, if you go to uh, immunize.org, there's all kinds. I mean, it's laid out. There's like a tab that says for the public right up there Mm -hmm. at the top. And there's basics. There's information. There's information for babies. I don't know why babies are using the internet. They shouldn't be. But, you know, if there's babies on there. Um, there's, uh, uh, all kinds of information for you, immunization schedules and all kinds of great stuff. Wonderful, wonderful website. Generally speaking, I mean, of course, whenever you're trying to understand someone's point of view that's different from yours, and I'm not getting, I'm not talking about someone whose point of view negates your right to exist. I mean, someone who is just saying, I'm a little nervous about vaccines, which is a very different point of view from which I approach vaccines, but it's not offensive to me as a person. (laughs) Um, Judging them will not get you anywhere, right? You have to hear them out, listen to what they're thinking and feeling. Someone who I was not, I mean, I was raised in a household where my parents took me and got every one of my vaccines when they were due. Mm -hmm. There was never any concern raised about vaccines. If my parents had been very vocal anti-vaxxers, I probably would feel very different. Or at least I would have when I was younger. And I would have been a lot more nervous about it. So you don't know where people are coming from. Helping to find the root of what is their concern and be able to get to that level of like compassion and understanding and humanity is a lot more impactful than just throwing a bunch of numbers at them and getting frustrated when they don't listen to you. Um, removing like the politics from it as much as you can is helpful. I will say that I think with this COVID vaccine stuff, the politics become almost moot because I have heard just as many people who uh, probably would self-identify as Democrats who were nervous about the vaccine because it was the because they associated it with Donald Trump as Republicans who are nervous about the vaccine because of it's good. Fauci. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry. I mean, I think that this pandemic has uh, I don't know. It's been used against all politics on all sides. So I I have seen a wide range of people, but it has nothing to do with that. The vaccines are safe and effective and it doesn't matter who you voted for in terms of whether or not the vaccine would work. That actually has nothing to do with voting. The vaccines just work and are safe. And then of course, please encourage them to go talk to the doctor they know and trust because I can tell you that I had patients who maybe the first time I talked to them about like a Gardasil vaccine or a flu vaccine, they weren't on board with it. But after multiple conversations, they got their vaccines because they just, they got, they got to know me and they trusted me. And we built that rapport and eventually they saw that I have their best interests at heart and the science is solid and they were able to do that. So send them back to the person they trust to talk to them more about it. Um, we should be able to do this. And I feel like it's it's actually going to be easier to do this once they're a little more widely available. Um, obviously, like, I feel like a lot – I know the demographics for our show, and a lot of them are not, I assume, able to get the vaccine currently. Yeah. Um, I think once that becomes a little more widely available, stuff like posting on social media – when you get the vaccine, you know, making a, a Facebook post or Twitter post like, hey, I got this today. Just normalizing it, I think, would be really helpful. And if you know how to make a fun TikTok about it, 
just like a great TikTok about getting your vaccine. I a couple things that specifically have come up recently. There have been some reports of people who have passed away in close proximity to having received their COVID vaccine. Um, what I would point out to people is that the age groups that we started vaccinating first are people who are closer to the end of their natural life. And so you are going to, like, if you look at the numbers of people above that age who we expect to pass away within the next whatever weeks, months, you know, that, that it is not exceeding that. People will get this vaccine and then die of things that are completely unrelated. And that doesn't, correlation is not causation. But every time that happens, it's going to be in the news. And yeah. right now, everything is under a microscope. Everybody is, and people are scared, not even because of the vaccine. They're just scared because life has been really freaking scary for a while. And everybody's on, like on earth pretty much is like traumatized to different degrees. Like it's a rough, it's a rough time out there. So I, I would just encourage people to remember that, that like if they started by vaccinating everybody over 90 and then someone passed away, statistically that is likely. And it had nothing to do with the vaccine because the vaccines don't do that. Um, Sydney's trying to find a delicate way of saying that's what old people do. They die. <laughs> I, well, I would not say that. But. It's a quote from my favorite movie, Old School. Oh. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's okay. this great movie. It's basically my favorite movie. It's the best uh, movie that's ever been oh, made. No, we mm. tweet at me. It's don't. At, if if listen, if you disagree, no, at not. Travis McElroy, tweet at me if you think old school is not the best <laughs> movie ever made. Uh, and then the <laughs> other the other thing that I would I have been trying to do is not call. It's the same guy that made the Joker, so you know he's twisted. Oh gosh, okay, not call the symptoms of an of a robust immune reaction to the vaccine side effects. Mm. Um, I think maybe we've, we've even run yeah. afoul of this. And I'm, I'm really trying to reformat the way I talk about that because uh, if, if what you are feeling after receiving the vaccine are just the s- signs and symptoms of your immune system responding to something, those are effects. Those aren't side effects. Those are just... Hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah. think about it. Uh, obviously, the goal is that you will be immune to covid not that you will have some body aches, <laughs> but this is just part of it. And it's part of the immune response. Yes. It is not it is nothing going wrong. Now, that being said, if you don't have those sort of symptoms, that doesn't mean nothing happened. Everybody's immune system will react a little differently. Some people will experience more of that immune reaction, other people won't feel it as as much. But it is not a dysfunction of the vaccine. It is the function. It is activating your natural (laughs) immune system, your own body, (laughs) to do the thing your body's supposed to do when an invader comes in. That is what it does. It is as natural and crunchy and organic as it gets is all that stuff that's happening to you after you get the vaccine. I mean, not anaphylaxis, obviously, but. No, but that's rare. Yes, that's incredibly rare. But my, my point is that that's okay and it's still worth it. If you are immune to COVID and if eventually we achieve herd immunity, 
And then at that point, we can all hug each other again and we can all get together for holidays. And tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is not something that we, it's something you talked about in the hesitancy part, but not necessarily in the conversational part. Like, I think there's an angle you can make the sort of appeal to uh, a higher calling or appeal to, you know, a person's sort of like, I don't want to say civic duty, but that's kind of what I mean. Like, even if they're on the fence for themselves, like, are hesitant about it. Like it's something we're all doing to make it better for everybody. There's people who will never be able to get this vaccine, yes. right? I mean, there's it's that's the truth. And you're and there's people who can't get it right now. Like you, or anybody who gets it now is protecting the people that are surrounding them. Like it's not just your body that is in question here. It is like all of us together that you're making safer. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that's one aspect to it because I very much felt even though we were in a study with my parents and my parents didn't get, they got placebo. They didn't get the real thing. Yeah. And we got the real thing. And that- Felt a little bit guilty about and, that. Yeah. But hey, it's just, uh, the science, folks. Luck of the draw. <laughs> double blind for a reason. But I try to remember that we are protecting our kids and them by being immunized ourselves. And I think- you know, that sort of argument, maybe this is one of the um, one of the reasons why, even if you're not like in the medical community and so fluent in the science of this, encouraging people to just on a person to person human level that, you know, can be really effective because maybe, you know, that it's the kind of person that that argument would ring yeah, true right. to, you know, I mean, that because that that is and not everybody's going to respond to that, especially right now. There seem to be I mean. Times have been very scary, and a lot of people have kind of focused on kind of their personal safety and security and freedom throughout this, it seems. Not everybody, but a lot of people. And maybe not a lot of our listeners would connect with that, but a lot of people have. And so it's funny. I told the med students I didn't know how effective that argument would be, that this is a thing you are doing for the good of all that is a thing you're doing for others. But you know if the person you're talking to, because you but know exactly. them. Exactly. You, you know, know if, if, if that. You know if they're, they're a dirtbag or not. <laughs> no, Come on. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it, but not everybody. I mean. Some people are dirtbags. Well, for some people, it really is. This is how you get to eventually stop wearing a mask. Not now, but eventually stop wearing a mask and go back to life. This is how you get there. Get you can even say to him, like, this is how Justin gets to the mall. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's malls all over this great nation that are in trouble because of this, and we've got to do everything we can to save the malls. I do want to emphasize that you're not immune until two weeks after your second dose. Okay. I just want to emphasize that again. I feel like that has not been said enough. You are not immune the moment you get the vaccine. You should still be wearing masks and distancing and hand washing. And all that stuff you've been doing, please just keep washing your hands. I mean, like, don't ever stop with that one, you know. I'm into it. I never really was into it before <laughs> this, but I might keep up with it for a while. But everybody can be an advocate for this. Like, really, everybody can do part of this work um, to protect those around us who can't get the vaccine yet or who will never be able to get the vaccine. This is something we can all take part in. Um that address again, just to hit it back there, immunize.org. Um, that, that is a, an organization, the Immunization Action Coalition, that we have been using, uh, working with for years at this point. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the Sawbones merchandise, um, profits for them go to support, uh, like we have a ProVax bumper sticker and pin 
and the T-shirt and proceeds from that all go to Immunization Action Coalition. They are a group that we know personally, the people that that work there, and uh, they are uh, good eggs, as they say. So um, uh, well worth checking out. Also, McElroyMerch.com, the website I just mentioned, if you want to do a little bit of um, proselytizing for (laughs) vaccines, there's uh, some merchandise there. Advocacy. What? Okay, well, both. Um, you, there's merchandise there that you can get, which seems self-serving, except we don't make any money off of it because it's an immunization action coalition, so I can, you know, say it with a straight face. Support um, their good work. Yeah. Also, I wanted to say we're, we're releasing this episode on January 26th, and uh, we have a new uh, book uh, that my brothers and I, with uh, contributions from uh, Sydney and uh, Travis and Griffin's wives, Teresa and Rachel, the hosts of uh, Schmanners and Wonderful. Uh, it's it's about uh, podcasting. It's like a how-to book on podcasting. It's called Everybody Has a Podcast Except You. It came out today, so go buy it. Go please. get it. Please go get it at a bookstore. Um, it would really, really mean a lot to us, and we would appreciate it. And we really think it's a, a helpful guide, and it's also fun to read, even if you're not planning to uh, to, to get into podcasting. It's, it's I think it's fun and interesting. Um, especially Sydney's parts. They're the best. Yeah. Uh, thank you to the taxpayers for these song medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And thanks to you for listening. Get out there, spread the good word. Uh, stay safe, be, you know, do all the stuff you're supposed to do, wear your mask, stay distance, etc. And uh, we'll be with you again next time. Until then, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.